Hello, hello everybody and welcome back to the Love on Roll podcast. I really appreciate you guys being here and joining me on every episode. And in case you guys don't know, um, we do have a Love on Roll store that you should check out and you should always try to leave a review or some feedback if you can to this podcast. It would mean the world to me. Um, And today we're going to talk about one of the most critical parts of having a sane life on planet Earth, and that is relationships, right? Relationships are fundamental to the human existence, whether it's a relationship with ourself or a relationship or a relationship with others. And so we're going to talk about that today. And I'm also going to give you um, a strategy that I find is pretty important for, you know, starting a relationship and how that might develop into, um, into something more than just maybe a friendship. Um, And I gotta give you a disclaimer. This strategy is not something that works 100% of the time. I don't think any strategy, strategy does when it comes to relationships because ultimately it's up to the person, right? And their level of attraction for you which you can't control that. But don't beat yourself up. It's not you, and it's not them. So neither one is to blame, it's just, you're not their type, they're not attracted, they're not attracted to you, right? So there's, there's nothing you can really do about it. Um, and hopefully you have a really good friend in that person of the opposite sex or the same sex depending on what you're into and they'll they'll be there for you right that's that's what you want and if you have that it's a pretty rare thing in this world and you should be pretty fortunate so i'll go over that at the end really briefly actually i can do that now since not to leave you hanging because it's it's pretty simple so the strategy is you just will want to be friends with a member of the opposite sex that you're attracted to or like i said or the same sex depending on what you're into um but i think that's pretty important because you might be attracted to someone off the bat but you might not Right? So, if you are attracted to someone, it allows you to see who they are beyond uh, just their uh, physical attractiveness. It allows you to develop what I call emotional attraction to that person, which is everything else beyond their physical appearance, other aspects 
such as their personality, such as their character, um, attributes like that. Um, emotional attraction is anything that's underneath the surface or beyond just the physical. So think of emotional attraction as anything under the surface. Physical attraction is obviously everything above the surface of that person. So that strategy that strategy does work for you as an individual because it allows you to see if you're going to be attracted to the person beyond the physical appearance before you do anything with them, pursue anything further beyond a friendship. Vice versa, if you're not attracted to someone right off the bat, it might allow you, uh, not might allow you, it's going to allow you time. Or it might allow you time, yeah, it might allow you time too, because you also will get time to see for sure if you're, you know, are attracted to them. Uh, Because uh, when you are emotionally attracted to someone, you could develop physical attraction for that person, if that makes sense. Or you could, you know, go through that time and realize, no, I'm not physically attracted to them. You know, I'm just emotionally attracted to them. That's fine, but... um, I used to think there was a point in my life that when I was in college where I was like, some people were encouraging me to uh, date people and give them a chance uh, regardless of how physically attracted to them I was. So instead of like really asking people out that I wasn't attracted to, I thought about, well, hey, um, this can work either way. If I am attracted to the person, um, I have a friendship with them first and kind of see, feel them out and see if I like them uh, emotionally, uh, not just physically. And then it also works for, for girls I'm not attracted to. Um, so that's just a little tip right there. Um, I know you guys may be like, oh, I don't want to be friends with someone I'm attracted to. It might be too hard. But let me tell you, it it does pay off um, for you as an individual. It might not always pay off for you, meaning like you're going to get into a relationship with that person beyond a friendship. But because, again, it's up to the person. But it will, it will definitely will um, give you time to feel them out for sure to see if you're ready to make that move because not every person is going to be so willing to be friends with you afterwards and really mean that so if you're not if you don't go that route but if you do go that route they might and you value them as a person then they might be willing to do that um but some may not, so just keep that in mind. It's always a risk, uh, 50-50, and you're playing the odds when it comes to dating. Um, so yeah. So with that being said, let's get into 
expand the topic of relationships and I'll also explain something that I learned about recently that's pretty interesting to me. Uh, it's called ethical non-monogamy. So we'll talk about that today too. So with that being said, let's go on to the fir- first topic. So first, before we get into the ethical non-monogamy, right? We need to explain the six basic types of relationships and how you can define yours. And that just depends, right? It's it's different. While we might go over stuff in this article that I found courtesy of mindbodygreen.com, right? Um, They might have a set definition, but... You define your relationship however you and the other person that you're in a relationship with decide to define it. Um, Vice versa, you know, vice versa, if you're in a relationship with yourself, um, your relationship with yourself is how you choose to define it. But ideally, if you're in a relationship with yourself, you want to make sure you're giving yourself lots of self-love and care and treating yourself with kindness and compassion. And, uh, make sure you're meeting your, your, your needs. And obviously that may include, uh, sexual needs, uh, not to get too much into it in this podcast, but you want to make sure you're uh, fulfilling everything that you need and being your own best friend and maybe your own lover in a way so to speak um, and when you're happy with yourself then someone else will find you attractive and they will also um, you know the odds increase that they will be willing to date you um, if they are attracted to you and you are their type. So, without further ado, what is a relationship? And this is really important to define, guys, because if I was friends with, let's say, a girl, right? I was friends with a girl. Some girls that I've been friends with in the past, right, or, or tried to um, be friends with in the past, they, they would get weird about when I would say our relationship. Um, and, um, you know, they, they would, if I'm in a friendship with them, they would mostly say, like, our, our friendship or whatever, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, but um, if if you go by this definition of a relationship where a relationship is any kind of association or connection between people, it doesn't matter whether it says, um, it doesn't matter whether you're intimate with the person or platonic or friendship, um, positive or negative, 
typically when people talk about being in a relationship, the term is obviously referencing a, a specific type of romantic relationship. Uh, but if you say a relationship is any kind of association or connection between people, um, then a friendship is a type of relationship. Um, but I understand why people say, might say friendship and instead of relationship, they might, they might just reserve that specific term. We're in a relationship for the intimate part, right? For, you know, for their girlfriend or boyfriend or, um, stuff like that. Um, but technically, if you're a friend's with benefit, or what they call casual dating, um, as well, but, you know, most people know it as friends with benefits, um, you are in a, a relationship, you're in a intimate sexual relationship with the person, um, and we'll go over, we'll go over that too, um, casual dating before we go over ethical monogamy, so we can know the difference. Uh, between casual dating and ethical monogamy. Ethical non-monogamy. Okay, so there are four basic types of relationships. As I said on my line, there are family uh, relationships. There are friendships. See, that that's under uh, relationships. Um, acquaintance, acquaintanceships. And these are people that you're... you're associated with, but you're not really close to, right? And of course, romantic relationships, which is what we're used to using relationships for. Other more nuisance types of relationships might include work relationships, teacher-student relationships, and community or group relationships. Now, some of these relationships can overlap and coincide with one another. For example, uh, two people can be both work colleagues and close friends. Uh, there also may be very, uh, many very, also many variations within each category, right? So you have codependent friendships, sexless marriages. You could also have sexless friendships, right? That's the most common thing. If you're not friends with benefits, Um, so again, they go on to the, they go on to talk about this again. You got your family, your friendships, acquaintances, sexual relationships, work or professional relationships, teacher, student relationships, community or group relationships, placed based relationships such as neighbors, roommates, landlord, and tenant relationships, enemies or rivals, and relationship to self, um, which is how everything starts, right? In my belief. Now, now we're gonna go over the types of romantic relationships. So there are many different types of, there are many different relationship level, 
uh, labels that people use to define their relationship to themselves and others. But below are uh, a few of the main basic types of romantic relationships. So let's define dating before we get into it, because people that are listening to this podcast, a majority of you might be familiar with dating and the process of that, but, you know, some of you that are listening to this podcast, you may want to get into the the dating world, Uh, but you may have a disability that prevents you from, or you think, uh, you know, prevents you from having a normal dating life or you might you know you it might give you some barriers uh, to entering the dating world or once you're in the dating world um, obviously the reason part of the reason for this podcast is to tell you guys that you there are no barriers and challenges that cannot be overcome even though I'm guilty of thinking that myself, um, but there really isn't. If the person is willing to, you can have a very successful, happy dating life. You can date one person, you can date multiple people, you can have sex with multiple people, you can you know, you can practice many different forms of romantic relationships and you can be successful. Regardless of whether you're in a wheelchair or not, regardless of whether you have a disability or not, um, in in some shape or form. And also, um, this podcast, again, is for people who may not have some type of disability, although we all have some type of disability in some way, right? But this podcast is for you, um, girls um, and or guys who may be listening to this, um, to say that let me educate you on different types of things uh, that benefit everyone. Um, And we also have some type, um, we also have occasionally episodes that talk specifically about dating and disability or dating and, or disability in in life and, uh, to, the purpose would be then to, to educate you guys that even when we're not talking about disability specific episodes and we're just having episodes like this, where it benefits everybody, the purpose is at the end of the day, to show you guys that people with disabilities go through the same things, the same personal development as everyone else, and we are no different, and therefore should be giving a chance, if you are so um, inclined, to develop a a friendship or um, especially an intimate or sexual relationship, if you are attracted to it, um, to that person. Um, and one of these episodes that we will have will go over attraction because attraction is a very complicated thing. I was just having this discussion with a friend yesterday. It's, it's really complicated and 
you can't help who you're attracted to. So as much as you may be attracted to the person emotionally, you're just not attracted to the person physically. So you can't have a relationship with them. Some people feel that way. Um, and really at the ultimate, at the, at the end of the day, it is true because even I, who, you know, you know, over, t- over time, I may um, have a friendship with, with a girl and I'm, you know, and then, you know, I may be attracted to her emotionally, but I'm not attracted to her physically. You don't want, you obviously can't really be in a relationship, date them, maybe have sex with them, but, um, you know, part of having great sex is is attraction. And we'll go over um, that in in episode two, a future episode on on disability and sex. So you you just can't have, you can't have, you know, you, you may have sex, but it's, you need to be attracted, attracted to the person. Um, there are exceptions, which we will talk about, but... For the most part, you have to have attraction to the person. So, anyway. So, what is dating? Dating is the process of intentionally spending time with someone to get to know them better. Have fun together. And enjoy being romantic. Dating can sometimes be about seeing if there's potential for a more long-term relationship. Or it can just be about having fun without expectations for the future. Which is sometimes called casual dating, which is honestly, even though I have limited experience with it, um, casual dating is also the same as friendship. Um, in that, for me, in that it is a good way to date somebody, get to know them, develop a good bond with them, and also have uh, some sexual fun. I don't see anything wrong with that as long as you're young and, and single and, and looking to have fun. Um, you know, have fun, hang out and hook up, nothing wrong with that. Uh, so, so if you, if you do find yourself in that opportunity and that's something, uh, you're able to do, that's great. And if you want to do it, um, I'm telling you, you have to find somebody who is willing to do it. And you can't, I have to tell you guys, you cannot force somebody who does not want to do it. You can ask somebody, hey, do you, do you, we should hook up, or do you want to hook up, um, or we should hook up, something like that, but you cannot force them to do that. So if they're not willing to do that because they just don't find you sexually attractive, please, my guys, do not, do not, I repeat, do not bring it up more than once. Um, I'm telling you, I, 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 I'm, I'm talking to my friend who is a girl, right? And, and she is telling me that 
there are guys that are asking her repeatedly if they want to do that. Do not, do not be one of those guys for any girl. That's just not right. Okay, one, one or two times, maybe, you know, fine. Okay, two times I would say max. I know max. I know that for a fact. More than two times, you're done. You cannot do that. If you do that. Uh, as she said best, you are only hurting yourself, so... Because <laughs> um, she's not going to change her mind on that, fellas. Every girl may be di- is different, obviously, but... You know, most girls, once they make up their mind on you, they've made up their mind, and you can't do anything to change them. I'm telling you. So just be aware of that, please. For every girl's sake, we we owe them that, right? Especially for gentlemen, and we we love girls in general. Uh, we want to be kind to them and you know treat them with the same level of respect uh, that we would deserve and we would expect. So please, just be mindful of that. Now, not everyone agrees on what level of commitment is implied when two people say that they're dating. Some people only use the term when there's already a defined committed relationship in place. Whereas others use use the term to simply mean that they're simply exploring to see if there's relationship potential. Number two, committed dating. Now, committed dating is in the context of, of couples. The phrase in a relationship at that point usually means you're in a committed long-term relationship. A committed relationship is one where two or more people agree to continue being in a relationship for the foreseeable future. This is where you, you choose to use identifiers like boyfriend, girlfriend, or partner to signify your relationship to others. In traditional monogamous relationships, being in a relationship also means that a couple will be romantically and sexually exclusive. That is, they won't have any other sexual or romantic partners uh, other than each other. However, in non-monogamous relationships, Exclusivity isn't always required. Now, I only have a certain amount of time. I only have an hour on here, so I don't know if we'll be able to get to um, non-monogamous relationships other than what we just did now, but if we don't, I promise you guys I will do an episode that goes further into detail on non-monogamous relationships. Um... And maybe if we have a little bit of time, I'll just give you the basics a little bit. Okay, so casual relationship, we just, we talked about this, but again, I'll just read it to you. A casual relationship is a relationship where two or more people may be dating regularly, spending time together and engaging in romantic or sexual activities. 
but without any expectations for the relationship to last into the future. Uh, now, these types of relationships are usually more situational and short-term, and they may or may not be exclusive. People in casual relationships usually do like each other, and they are attracted to each other, but they may not be, there may not be an intense emotional connection or desire to deepen the connection, whereas people in committed relationships may, may see each other as life partners, but people in casual relationships may not be as integrated into each other's lives. And they typically won't use the terms boyfriend, girlfriend, or partner. Casual sex. Ain't nothing wrong with that either. A casual relationship, a casual sex relationship, excuse me, is where one or more people spend time together primarily to have sex with each other. They might see each other readily for sex, or they may only have sex once, and then they never see each other again. <laughs> that, my friends, is also called a one-night stand. Um, or a, a hump and dump. You know, stuff like, stuff like that. Um, now, they may like each other and enjoy each other's company, but they're not interested in a romantic relationship with each other, and usually there's no emotional connection. Um, or the connection is distinctly platonic or friendly, as in a friends with benefit relationships um, or situation. Friends with benefit situation. I've also heard the term, uh, if, you, if you're doing it with your ex, um... Hooking up with your ex. That's 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 just a simple term. So, people do that as well. A um. It might also be called a situationship. Um. But um. It could. You know, so that also could be it. Um, ethical non-monogamy. Um, I do have an article on this, but we'll t- we'll give you the um, the the you know the basics right now, and um, I will do an episode on that. Um, when it comes to when we when we do um, the sex series, I'll do um, well. We are starting the sex series, but I, I will do an episode on that um, along with the sexual and, and disability episode, or I I might do one. Um, you know I can I can do I can, I can do um when we talk about that because it's not gonna take that long but um yeah ethical non-monogamy is really interesting to me um, it is a broad umbrella term for any relationship where people can have multiple romantic and sexual partners at the same time it can include. Um, Polyamory, open relationships, relationship anarchy, and many other types of relationships. 
ships between more than one people. This can be casual, committed, open, exclusive, dating only, sex only, or some combination of these categories. Um, and people in these relationships may or may not use the term like um, boyfriend, girlfriend, or partner to describe each other. There's also seven types of relationships as described by psychology. Um, one framework for romantic relationships in psychology is known as Sternberg's Tri- Triangular Theory of Love, and he identifies three components of love, passion, intimacy, and commitment. Passion refers to feelings of excitement and attraction. Intimacy refers to feelings of closeness and connection. And commitment refers to the ongoing decision to stay in and nurture the relationship. Depending on which of these three elements are present, a couple can find themselves in one of seven different types of relationships. Um, Infatuation, passion only. Friendship, intimacy only. Empty love, commitment only. Romantic love, passion plus intimacy. Fatuous love, passion plus commitment. And compassion, love, intimacy plus commitment. And then the last one is consummate love. Passion plus intimacy plus commitment. Developed by psychologist Robert Sternberg and fellow researchers throughout the 1980s and 90s, this relationship framework has been validated across by research across 25 different countries. Now, how to define a relationship? Um, Ask yourself these questions. What do you want from this relationship? Are you looking for a long-term relationship? If so, do you see potential here? Are you seeing other people? Are there romantic feelings here? How often do we want to talk to each other and see each other? Well, these questions can be intimidating or feel intimidating or too serious. Choosing to avoid these questions means you're just choosing to make assumptions rather than hearing the truth. People form commitments and expectations even without labels. Sex and relationship therapist Shandon Francis LMFT once told MBG, not talking about the terms of your relationship does not mean you don't have one. And remember, defining the relationship does not mean necessarily you need to enter into a serious or committed relationship. Defining the relationship is simply about clarity. Some people may not choose, may choose not to label their relationship because they're afraid of being tied down too quickly or in a place where they feel trapped. But relationship therapy, uh, Sheena Tubbs says, however, one should understand that you maintain full autonomy of yourself in every relationship you're in and you are the one who is responsible for communicating what you need, what you want what you don't want. So if you feel you're you're at a place where you cannot or don't want to date one person exclusively, they should be communicated. 
that should be communicated to your partner so that they can make a decision about whether that works for them. And that's the end of that article. Oh, so really quick. I actually think I will be able to cover ethical non-monogamy on this podcast. I'm excited for that. I wasn't sure, but we can do it briefly. So we talked about like ethical monog- ethical monogamy one-on-one. You might hear it referred to as E and M, and it's the practice of taking part in romantic relationships that are not completely exclusive between two people. Um, although, of course, it's not the default way to conduct romantic relationships, a sort of form of non-monogamy has grown in popularity in recent years. Uh, it can take m- many different ways. It can involve one person acting outside the relationship, or both parties doing that. It may involve only sexual connections with others, only romantic connections, or both romantic and sexual connections. And that would be great if, uh, you know, that that's a great way to kind of kind of feel like you're you're free at the same time, but without the commitment. Um, yeah, so that's just another way to, to kind of live your romantic life. Um, so that different, different needs can be met and stuff. Like, let's say I, I had a girlfriend and I was not meeting her needs, then maybe we would talk about, you know, her pursuing her needs outside the, the bedroom as long as I get my sexual needs met. Or that would be my expectation anyway in a, um, in that kind of, if we were going to do that. But I always want to try to satisfy my partner, so I hope, um, you know, I, I won't have this issue, but you never know. Um, now, if, even if both people practice it, it, E&M in the primary relationship, they may have different habits in relation to the emotional connections they establish with their romantic and asexual partners. What matters most is that everyone involved can sense that the situation without concern, deception, or coercion, or guilt tripping. Now, let's talk about uh, just a couple things with this, and then we'll, we'll um, call it a day. So, what makes this different than cheating? This is really interesting. Because what separates ethical non-monogamy from cheating is no matter what type of ethical non-monogamy you practice in your relationship, it's not cheating because both people in the relationship consent to it. With cheating, the partner does not consent, and E&M isn't cheating because both you and your partner 
have agreed in advance that you'll be practicing non-monogamy. Ethical implies that all parts of this practice are handled consensually and in a way both parties have agreed upon. Now, there are a couple reasons why people choose this. I've already gave you an example. Um, you know, maybe one, maybe one partner's sexual needs are not being met by the partner, um, so they want to, they want to pursue uh, sexual needs outside of the relationship. So, for example, I might not be into BD, BDSM. And for those of you guys that don't know what BTSM, what BDSM is, just think about Fifty Shades of Grey, okay? Christian Grey, Anastasia, that's BTSM. I'm not into that sexually, but let's say my partner is. So if she really needs that sexual need to be met in order for her to be fulfilled Sexually, she can go, you know, she can talk to me and we can agree that she would go out and, you know, find a partner that is into that and meet that need as long as she's practicing safe sexual health, which is very important. And so you and your partner can have a a conversation like that. Now, they also do this to explore one's sexuality. Sexuality is now fluid, right? It can change over time. For me, it hasn't. For, but for some people, it does. It's just how it is. Maybe someone realizes they're bisexual. Maybe somebody realizes they're gay. Um, whether that be a, you know, a male or a female. Um, maybe somebody realizes they have certain fetishes they never had before. So it, it changes. Maybe somebody realizes they're into certain sexual things that the other person is not. So this... This, this allows them to ex, ex, explore that, right? So their sexual identity, for example, they can explore people of a different gender than their partner. Uh, if they want to explore their sexual identity, ethical non-monogamy makes sense because it doesn't require them to give up their relationship in order to become better in touch with their sexuality. Like I said, some relationships don't meet all of the person's needs. We already talked about that, so we're not going to go into that. And there's enough love to go around. Uh, There are people who are capable of loving multiple people at once, and who feel satisfied in life when they're able to do that. Uh, Think about a player. Um, (laughs) They they do have enough love to go around, and they they are able to be satisfied doing that. I, I, I never consider myself a player. If I'm in a relationship with somebody, you know, I don't, I don't want to date anyone else. If I'm hooking up with somebody, I don't want to hook up with anyone else. Because I, that's just who I am. It's like, 
well, I'm hooking up with someone, why, why make the effort to go out and uh, pursue other partners when, you know, she satisfies my needs and hopefully I satisfy her needs and make her keep coming back for more, right? <laughs> so, so that's, that's how I feel. Um, but everyone's different. And as we said before, it's an umbrella term. So that means there's an assortment of different individual models um, for relationships that fall into the broad definition of it. And it's its own practice. Uh, it's You can practice ethical non-monogamy without following any one of the below relationship models that we already talked about before. Um, relationships are composed of whatever the people in them agree on and you don't have to stick to rules of any existing relationship some couples who practice ethical non-monogamy they do not subscribe to any other relationship models they simply make their own rules about what is and isn't acceptable for their individual relationships and then they follow them um so we already talked about this but it just goes into all the different things in death, you know, polyamory, um, which is done in many different ways, um, there is one model of polyamory where several people are, are in a relationship together, um, or there could be two individuals who are committed to additional partners of their own. In one case, you might have a person who is in a relationship that may be poly, but also have numerous partners. But one or more of the partners uh, they might not have or want any other partners themselves. Uh, it just relies on communication between parties about matters from safe sex to emotions. It may involve a long-term commitment or more than one simultaneously. Um, open relationships do not generally involve a commitment to parties outside of a two-person relationship. Uh, this this relationship model is most known for partners who, who want to pursue uh, outside romantic or uh, emotional connection with others. Um, as well, or they might be ex- only um, for outside sexual connections. Um, there's monogamish, which is uh, for couples who are monogamous but occasionally take part in an outside relationship, um, and they tend to focus on outside sexual encounters only not romantic connection with others besides their partner they may go long periods of time in between uh outside sexual connections uh polygamy is when one person has multiple spouses uh so this can be one husband having multiple wives or one wife having um multiple husbands um And I believe um, Mormons do this. 
Um, or some some Mormons do this, I believe. So um, then it goes in how to practice practice uh, ethical non-monogamy, um, open communication. Always, you'll benefit from, from, from discussing everything from your long-term relationship uh, to how you'll handle the uh, everyday of ethical non-monogamy life. Additionally, as you move to, into becoming an ethical monogamy couple, you'll benefit from checking in regularly with your partner about how each of you is doing with your new relationship setup. Now, ethical non-monogamy obviously isn't for everyone, but there are many who find it makes it for more enjoyable relationships. So there you have it. We talked about all the different relationships today. We talked about, um, you know, in depth, and we talked about my opinion on uh, a good strategy for developing relationships and a good strategy that might help you with dating, especially if you're a person in a wheelchair. Um, But I think everybody could benefit from that. Um, You don't want to jump into anything, uh, especially when it comes to dating, without really making sure that you want to date the person. Um, not just physically, but also emotionally. Emotional attraction is really important. All right, guys. So thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it beneficial and informative. And until next time, love will save the world and peace out.